It's funny. It's funny though. Yeah, I didn't know you could make you could smack it and make it squirt out the bottom like that. What an audio clip! <laughs> <laughs> now give us a nose whistle. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my dad on Father's Day on the phone, and I realized I never, I've Fucking never heard bragger. this. Bragger. My fucking guy in here you, just Roman. bragging. Hey guys, my dad. My dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like talking to him because we do that. Was he talking back? Oh shit, shit. He was, but I noticed, and I've never noticed this in my entire life. I noticed his nose whistles. <laughs> oh, I've drawn the attention. Because yeah, my dad and I have the same nose, you know, basically. Basically, huh. sounds hard to deal with. Yeah, how do you uh, how do you see what's in front of you? They just take turns with each nostril. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he, he overnights it. acceptable podcast presented by the comics place it's season four it's episode 274 i think i'm not 100 sure. sure about that i'm your host as always jay figgy and i've got my two little favorite pudding cups figgy pudding one and figgy pudding two and how are pudding. you pudding cups do i'm figging pudding fig, i'm figging pudding two aka I dj ango i need to find a new pudding cup <laughs> i need a new pudding cup <laughs> Pudding Cup 2 has been pretty good, but Pudding Cup 1 is losing it. <laughs> what episode are we on? We're uh, putting it in the cup. <laughs> I've been two, to a party like that. Two puddings uh, in a cup. 274 is our episode here. I'm writing it down on my on my page. This is a comic book podcast, and we're here to talk about the comings and goings, the ins and outs of the comic industry, uh, the books that we read this week, the shop that we all run together, and the comings and in and about goings of our lives. Um, I'm already I'm that. also... We're going to be talking that. about a handful of... Oh, yeah. It's like babysitting. Even more than normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, are you, stop mocking me. Stop copying me. Stop copying I'm not me. I'm not touching you. I'm Romy yeah. Figgy Pudding. Oh, Romy Figgy Pudding. Only took eight years of courtship before we finally took my last name. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to be talking about Nightwing number 93. Special request from our producer extraordinaire, Andrew Carlson. Big thank you, as always, mm. for editing this beast for us. Can, we're going to talk um, about Lonesome Hunters number one. We're going to talk about Fuck This Place number two. We're going to talk about Black Adam number one. We're going to talk about Milestones in History. And we're going to talk about That's All the Books. That's All the Books. And then probably some other things. Good idea. Man, I'm okay. bad at this. I got really bad allergies, everyone. Um, what, like allergies to like strawberries? Is this a strawberry situation? No, I love strawberries. Um, uh, actually, blackberries, strawberries, blueberries, rollsberries, all of them. But I think it's a sun thing. I think it's a pollen thing. And I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm pretty sure I'm dying. My eyes are leaking. Although I, I took an, like a third Claritin for the day about 20 minutes ago. And I'm starting to feel like maybe... I won't have to blow my nose during this podcast. That's pretty cool. Nice. Well, if you do, lean away from the mic and make a strain to hear it. I don't have any mics here. It's just me and Sam. No, too many <laughs> mic. Not enough mic. I would say not enough mic. Um, listen, everyone, before we get into this rousing good time we've got, I've got an email from William Elmer. Hey. Happy and happy. Nope, it's already messed it up. <laughs> Hello and happy episode 274. <laughs> 
You guys are like a two-man band. It feels so good to send an email into the show and not be dead to you guys like so many others. This week, oh, we did that last week. We did. I just remembered that. This week, the world celebrated the anniversary of the birth of one of the of the one and only editor and friend of the show, Andrew Fox Carlson. So, in honor of our wonderful friend, I have brought you yet another round of how well do you know your customers. So today's question for you about Andrew are as follows. Please correctly guess Andrew's three favorite writers. Andrew thinks that will be too easy, so he also asked for you to name his three favorite artists. And finally, name Andrew's three favorite reads. That's that's hard. This is a lot of stuff. We might have to be narrowing it down to two. <laughs> Answers included in a separate email. Have at it, my dudes. P.S. When Jeff says that The Offer is his favorite TV show in a long time, surely that can't be true or we would have done a podcast about it. Hashtag <laughs> Ted Lasbros forever. I don't know um, if you know this, but everything we like really. has to be recorded for posterity. It's a rule now. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to die one day, okay? Yeah. And who's going to have... Who no one will have an access to all these amazing thoughts and ideas that I come up with while I'm pooping. Relive me. Relive me. Okay. Three <laughs> writers, artists, and reads. Okay. Okay. Well, artists, we got David Rubin. We know that. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm gonna put Ether on his favorite reads. Mm-hmm. I think we could probably I think we could put Mitch or sorry. Matt Kent on a writer for him, maybe. Sorry, what maybe. were you going to say? I was, well, I was say? thinking uh, Ewing for writers. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right, Ewing. Probably yeah. Zadarsky also, if I had to guess. Mm, okay, maybe. Is I'm going to put that in the third spot. Or yeah. maybe uh, Lemire. Maybe. Maybe one of maybe. the some of the classic stuff is like I think Steve Englehart on Doctor Strange. Mm, okay. Maybe that should go into a run. Yeah. And I can't. Sorry, I, I was just bl- blinking. I, I'm and now yeah. I can't remember the name of the artist on that run, but he loves that artwork. Um, is that Leah Hola? Uh, no, earlier than that. Um, oh. Favorite reads has got to have like Rocket Raccoon or like Annihilation or Guardians, like something in there, right? Like he yep. loves Rocket. Yeah. Doctor yep. Strange. <clears throat> Doctor Strange. Yeah, which Doctor Strange do you think is his favorite? Can we oh, just man. say Doctor the, Strange? Well, the one that started yes. in the. With Abel I think Hart we could, in the seventies, but also I think Roger Stern's run later. I think for brevity's sake, we have to just say Doctor Strange, and I think that's allowed. Um, you Ether, think Doctor Strange Hulk's on one of his favorite runs? Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. Great call, great call. Um, I would maybe I don't know. He's been really digging the all red art in Ecstatics. Mm-hmm. That could be one of his artists. I'm not hundred percent mm-hmm. sure. Um, Gosh, just, this is you know, hard. It is hard. Um, so writers, I've got Ewing like. King? Do we think so? Does he really like Tom King? I don't know. I feel like everybody does. Yeah, I feel like that also, but I wonder. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of the things that I've heard Andrew say so good about. Right. Um, but there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. He's an enthusiastic fellow. X-Men, Hickman. I don't know. Is Hickman in there, do you think? Sure. Sure. Let's fucking say Hickman. We got Ewing, Hickman. I would say Zadarsky, Lemire, or Slot. No, maybe not Slot. I think I just maybe I'm just thinking about that Silver Surfer run. He reads all the Black Hammer. He reads Daredevil. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. I don't know. Ewing, Hickman, and Lemire. Uh, Artist, David Rubin. Roman, you're thinking like an older Doctor Strange artist. Okay. That's it. Put put that down. Write that down. Older Doctor Strange artist. Okay. And um, third favorite artist. Danny. I'm going to say All Red. All Red. I like that. What were you? What did you just say, Andrew? And by Ro- Andrew, I mean Roman. <laughs> I said Bonaducci. Oh, Danny Bonaducci, absolutely. Yeah, DJ Andrew. Okay, Roman. cool. Well, 
that deals with that. I'm going to get in and look at the answers. <laughs> Jeff Buckshot, go. Okay. Um, well, I read Amazing Spider-Man number four, and it's still one of my... Oh, someone needs to be timing this. Um, I'm timing it. Oh, oh Django's doing it. Amazing Spider-Man number four. Zeb Wells, John Romita Jr. This is really, really good. Had a big kind of revelation at the end. Not revelation, because we're still waiting on a lot of secrets. But I think this does what Django talks about really liking in classic comic books, where there's an A, B, and C plot, and you kind of move the B up, and then move the C up, and create a new C. And I think this is doing that really, really well. Really like the kind of twist or misdirection that happens throughout the issue to lead what's going on at the end. And of course, the art is absolutely incredible. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, is very, very good. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that good. Um... (laughs) Uh, I read Dark Crisis Young Justice, number one of six, and I liked this actually quite a bit. I didn't think the art was great. It was kind of left of DC house style, so better than house style. The writing was a little bit weird, but it just spent a lot of time with characters that I really like. Um, You know, Tim Drake, Bart Allen, John Kent, but not John Mm -hmm. Kent. You know, Superboy, the first Superboy, Mm -hmm. and then Wonder Girl. I, I really like I like it. I like it. I like the characters. I like the writing um, and the pacing of it. And then it introduced a character that I'd never heard of that I can't wait to talk to Roman about. And it's a character created by, I think, Peter David, Mighty Endowed. <laughs> Do you know who that is? I think I read that manga. Um, no, I, that doesn't sound familiar. Okay, well, I can't wait to talk <laughs> about this character when I'm done with my buckshot, which is not yet. World's finest number four is absolutely incredible. And I had a new character show up um, in the form of Superman and Batman fusing together and becoming the Green Lantern. And that's pretty fucking cool. I lo- Yeah, I like that, too, because it's like the old composite Superman, but with Green Lantern powers. Yeah, there was it, there was some costume. controversy, uh, some minor controversy about that issue that was pretty silly. Oh, really? What was the controversy? <clears throat> um, well, I knew about it because I saw like scrolling in Facebook, I saw Mark Wade's post about it. A bunch of like, you know, um, dumbass fans were chud getting, hounds yeah chud hounds were getting on his case because of the because they're like that's not how green lantern's powers works and blah 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 <laughs> and it's like jesus it's mark wade if anybody mark, it's wade, mark Kirk- wade he asked jeff johns if he could do it <laughs> i don't also say that like the green lantern's powers are kind of written almost differently in many many like from run to run so like that's yeah. not something yeah, i would go to war for well because and i'll it, it, their powers, I mean, it's all based on willpower and how Jordan's the best of all of them. Even Batman says in this issue, he's got more willpower than Batman does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how Jordan can imagine it, he can do it. It's all right, check this it. out. Check this out. Nina Dowd is the a bad lady, the mighty endowed that showed up. She's tied to the fourth world, Jack Kirby's fourth world, though not created by him, created by Peter David and Todd Knox. So that gives you a time frame at least. Mm. Okay, check this out. Um, check, check. Check. Professor Nina Dowd was directing an excavation to find possible relics of an ancient civilization when one of her assistants discovered a car wheel-like artifact buried in the ground. Dowd eagerly went to inspect this find. Her co-workers were afraid it could be dangerous and warned her not to touch it, but she scorned such nonsense and laid her hand on the artifact. There was a blaze of light and she was instantly sealed into a crystal cocoon. Dowd's assistants called the DEO to deal with the event. Soon, the Young Justice team arrived and offered to assist the DEO in the investigation. Impulse managed to crack the cocoon, and from it emerged Professor Dowd, transformed into the Mighty Endowed. They barely got a chance to fight before Dowd's new upper body weight caused her to fall over and unable to stand, which she was... (laughs) which she was then taken to DEO custody. Her powers, new god physiology, and hypnosis. As the Mighty Endowed, Nina possesses a unique superhuman ability tied to her namesake. Uh, She seems to be able to emit a hypnotic light from her breasts, enchanting anyone who stares at them for too long and making them into her willing puppets. The hypnotic effect appears to be absolute and only wears off once her new minions are far away enough 
from the light or in dirt and rendered unconscious. Holy shit, dude. I'm looking at Google images of that character. And every time you see her, there's smoke smoke covering right in front of her boobs. Oh my God. This is insane. It's insane. Move over power girl. I got a new favorite in this comic. And I was like, I don't know who you are, but this is ridiculous. And there's all kinds of kind of stupid ideas like that in this comic and like just weirdly written but I liked it. Uh, the artist, or sorry, the writer is Stephanie, sorry, Megan Fitzmartin and Laura Braga did the art. What's the um, comic? DC's, or sorry, Dark Crisis, Young Justice. Oh, okay, so she's not the titular character. No, 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 no. She's the villain that shows up, but that was fun that you just did that. It was funny. I like that. Um, I gave, I would give that wow. comic an eight. I'm going to give Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man a 9.5. I'm going to give Miles Morales Spider-Man a I'm going to give World's Finest number four a nine. And Perry White is the most blatant, egregious cash grab I've ever seen happen. And I'm disappointed that DC allowed it to come out. When you say you gave that book an eight, was it like a sideways eight? Oh, it's like boobs. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, Andrew's top three writers, Hickman, (laughs) Morrison, and Ewing. So So we got one or maybe two we got two of them hickman and ewing hell yeah Django pushed for lemire god you idiot um (laughs) was morrison on the table holy shit no we didn't bring it up um (laughs) andrew's top three artists bill sinkevich araujo and javier rodriguez i am we didn't get any of those wow um i'm surprised david rubin's not on there he's got good taste though i thought that was his guy rubin's four number four I bet. And then his top three reads are Chew, Doctor Strange by Inglehart Roman, and Guardians by Abnet and Lanning. So did not do as well with him as we did for Will. Can I give Will props for finding a new way to buck our shots? Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. I liked it a lot. I think for the sake of time moving forward, we can only have two categories. Yes. So either three favorite writers and three favorite reads or three favorite writers and three favorite artists. And it might have to be down to two. I don't know. We just can't spend forever talking about people that nobody else knows. But I also really like this game. I'm just uh, workshopping it in my head now. He's the silent partner of the episode. Will? Oh, Andrew. Oh, yeah. I I just mean like if we were to continue this game going forward, like the sixth or seventh person, people are gonna be like, I don't know who Jason Waite is. And we'd be like, well, we know Jason Waite really well. Jason Waite? I know what he likes. I know what he hates. Yeah. Don't ask us it. Don't, yeah, Jason, don't, we probably doesn't want like, all those answers not, on here. Jason, yeah. wait, looking at you, buddy. We like you very much. Um, God, Django texted me. He just texted <clears> me while I'm doing a podcast. I texted what? you like, yeah, I texted you while we were doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, pictures of uh, lap steel slides at my dad. Oh, had. nice. Okay, then yeah. following up on that Andrew <laughs> Fotsworth special comedy hour, let's check in with Nightwing 93, Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo. This was a special request from Andrew. I'm not sure exactly why. I'm not sure if there was content within it you want us to talk about or just that in general, we're kind of at that spot where we don't talk about this book every issue. One, because Django's not reading it. And two, how do you talk about the best book coming out every single issue because it's just the best book. I don't want the rest of the books that I read to be less than because of it. That's why Django doesn't read it. Oh, um, I like th- this. So this issue followed up pretty closely on this, the one previous to it where An- or Andrew we'll call Nightwing Andrew for the rest of the, uh, this episode uh, where Andrew <laughs> Um, and happy belated birthday, Andrew. We, I did wish it to you on your birthday, but happy birthday this week, my friend. Um, so Andrew as Nightwing uh, tricked a bunch of bad boy crooks last episode into t- getting their masks off while they were all somewhere. And then like the cameras that he had had showed that a lot of them were cops, uh, corrupt cops. You know, mm. Tom Taylor, I think, does a great job of making his comics in- involve current events, but it doesn't feel like super heavy handed or like, it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel 
he does interesting things with it. So it doesn't feel like it's just in there for the sake of being in there. Good in at it, like Chuck Dixon. You know, not like when it's like, oh, this is a thinly veiled Trump thing. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's like, OK, this is like corrupt. Cops are all corrupt. Um, but uh, but they do a very cathartic thing with basically the cops use their power to make Dick Grayson shut up. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then they show this video of all of the faces of these cops being the people who are doing all of this crime the night before. And I thought it was just very cathartic, Roman. I don't know. I had a, a sense of like frustration at police because like abusive power always really bums me out. And then I really liked that there was an intelligent way that they got their comeuppance. And it's not just Andrew as Nightwing kicking butt all the time. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I really like that, too. Um, as usual with these with these issues, I mean, that was really well handled. The There's the great action sequence where, where Andrew's, you know, riding his motorcycle and catches that lamppost. With his oh, that was and, so and, good and jumps over to the roof and <laughs> that was great and of course there's that moment with him and barbara where he accidentally in a conversation lets it slip out he says he says you're incredible i love you and then that great panel they're both so shocked and i love that was my favorite part of the book for sure <laughs> and and what could maybe push it over to a 10 for me but i but i don't know we'll see yeah yeah that was a lot of fun and this villain heartless is getting more and more interesting too at first i thought he was kind of lame i totally agree like you're sucking people's hearts out what is this but yeah yeah yeah. and he's powerful enough to like face off against blockbuster there's a great panel there where blockbuster throws a punch at him and it's just awesome (laughs) yeah Django. i really liked that you i mean everything about you but i really liked um when you identified that sort of like a plot b plot c plot thing about historical comics that wasn't a thing that i had ever really put into words or kind of consciously understood, but you're totally right. It's 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 how a lot of long form comics were written. And, um, you know, since you brought that up, I don't know, probably eight to 12 months ago, mm-hmm. um, it stayed in my head. And I think this book is also doing it really well, where like that Heartless thing is clearly the important story, but it's just peppered in. And there's some issues yeah. that don't have it at all. And then like the B plot is almost Barbara and Dick's relationship. And by Dick, I mean, Andrew. And then the A plots, you know, kind of like him with this, the Haven rebuilding that's going on. And um, I like the way that those are moving and kind of, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, heartless. It's interesting. That really fell out of fashion before you were critically looking at stories like we do now. I think that it probably started just finally coming back. I I bet that the the six issue trade paperback way that comics are collected is is a big reason with that, if I had to guess. Yeah hypothesize yeah. um roman do you got anything else on this gorgeous issue of andrew kicking butt um i was deeply offended as andrew was by uh alfred's statue being vandalized me too yeah, but luckily you and andrew it, and I. it was just paint came right off yeah absolutely i've only got one bit of input on this yeah what's that it's that uh this is the best cover that's been published this year and i give the cover a 10.0 it's a very good cover, but I wouldn't say even the best in the series. Hey, and that not to sorry, not to rain on your why I never why yada yada Jeff, you didn't just agree with what I said, like is what we do on this podcast. You always just say yeah. Um, I'm not that guy that makes fun of you on the podcast. Um, Roman, on the final panel when the dude is going to get the a replacement heart for Heartless because he's you know some sort of like I'm excited to learn the identity of him because I think that. I hope it's going to be someone we maybe know or something, but he doesn't have a heart. He's got this, but there's a wall of hearts that he's collected so that he can have these replacement hearts come through. And there's one jar on the right. That's way bigger than any other heart. Yeah. Big. Yeah. I was wondering. It's supposed to be Blockbuster's heart. I, I, I think maybe it's reserved for Blockbuster because it's huge and it's empty. Yeah. It's empty. Yeah. So Is that the guy from the first couple of issues? Yeah. He's been kind like of the enforcer for the mayor or whatever. 
yeah, he's been kind of the yeah. A plot big bad for the first chunk of this run. Yeah, he's kind of the kingpin of, of Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven. Yeah. Nice. And it's interesting because he's an old Batman villain like from, from the 50s or 60s, but at some point along, and he used to be just a big, stupid Hulk guy. Um, somewhere along Roman the ways, never. <laughs> somewhere, the somewhere along the ways, he gained intelligence, and he's a pretty scary villain nowadays. What's your score for it, Roman? Um, it is... I gave it a nine. Nice. I'm in a really tough spot with this book because I think there's an argument for me for being made where this is a 10, but every issue of this series is so good that it almost feels like now it needs to be doing things to separate itself from how good it normally is. So I feel like I can't quite give it a 10 until it does something really special. But the moment with Barbara and Dick, Andrew, Andrew Dick, where uh, and Andrew says, I love you to Barbara is um, it, it did sort of separate. I'm going to give it a 9.5, but um, yeah, that was the, the, honestly the romance between Andrew and Barbara is my favorite part of this book, and which is a book that is filled with amazing things. But I love romance in my things and I like it when it's kind of relatable young romance like this. So 9.5 for me. But I think there's a world where I could have given her a 10. Do you think Heartless is actually uh, Alfred? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. My legs are so sweaty slip right that now. D plot into the mouth. B plot. That's what I'd do. I'm you no just Tom said Taylor. Slip That's the what D do. into the B, didn't you? Yeah, you're over there smiling at yourself. You're pleased. <laughs> I'm We're very proud pleased. of it, Jeffrey. Yeah, you had all those other good ones too <clears throat> earlier. I can't remember what they were. No, we don't say those again. We don't talk about Bruno. Um, I bet if you're a parent, you're bummed that I just said that because now that song's in your head. I've never heard it. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Lonesome Hunters, number one from Dark Horse Comics. Did you read this one, everybody? Yeah. Yes. Tyler Crook wrote and drew this. Do we know that name from something? I don't. Yeah, he's done some stuff with Jeff Lemire on. Gosh, what did he do? You do a Black Hammer book with Jeff Lemire and maybe something with somebody else also. Um, I like the art quite a bit. It's um, it's looking like Harrow County, the Colonel uh, Weird Cosmogog miniseries, Manor uh-huh. Black, perhaps the Unbelievable Unteens as well, and maybe yes. some Hellboy stuff. All of that makes a lot of sense. This yeah. this this guy looks like a Hellboy comic to me. I love the way it looks. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, like kind of feeling super similar to anything. Um, like it's got kind of like Tyler Jenkinsy, Matt Kent thing mm-hmm. um but also kind of like a some people from black hammer feel it's a really unique style kind of watercolor washed look to the whole thing yeah i think the art and as such the atmosphere was my favorite part of this book um but i also liked the story quite a bit roman what did you think on this one i liked it a lot too it's it's <clears throat> and, ma- and mainly of course the art the atmosphere of it is great and there's you know it's one of those mystical magic books um when Meg, when our main character, who we first see as a child in a flashback a hundred years ago, um, is is trying to defend pagans, and then we see him, he's aged, but not as much as he should have aged in a hundred years. But then these magpies show up, and as soon as those show up, it's like, oh, this is going to be heavy magic book, and it's great. <laughs> Are magpies great. just uh, rose crows, blackbirds? They're they're I think they're in the Corvid family, but they're don't um, let the magpies hear you say that. <laughs> they're uh they're um it seems like they're always so i forget their associations but they're associated somehow with magic and spooky stuff okay okay spooky spooky yeah there's, there's this there's a weird watch and something and he's old and bitter which i always i'd always love old and bitter characters because yeah you bitter. do you yeah. <laughs> roman can i ask you a personal question 
Yes. Did you used to like them as much as you do now? Have you Ooh. always liked them that much? Or oh. is it something that has happened as you become old and embittered? I've, I, well, I've always liked them. But as I become older and more embittered every every month. <laughs> um, I, I, I see so a day to day. It's more. crazy. Yeah. Even more. Because I'm like, yep, they're right. They're all right. <laughs> ben Grimm, when he was in his most downtrodden and, and grumpy. Yep. <laughs> I also really like kind of embittered cynical old co- characters that have a big heart you know um yeah. that that is a character type that i love i mean uh and um yeah i uh i i'm looking at a protagonist who is old and bitter and who's buying knockoff alka-seltzer which is my favorite drug in the entire <laughs> world and i hope that you guys thought about me <clears throat> when you saw that but maybe you didn't think to um because i love alka-seltzer it's my favorite thing in the world plop plop Fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. It is. Yeah, it is. To get yeah. Some of that. I was also, because when I saw the cover, I was like, you know, and it's, I know this is weird because, you know, I can accept, I don't know, in practically immortal Gallifreyan time lords and guys that scientists that turned into a great big Gallifreyan raging Hulk and all this other suspension of disbelief I have no problem with. But giant swords in comics just bugs me. I mean, guts and berserk magic with her giant sword. I hate them all because they look so stupid. I think um, I can see that because they defy the laws of physics. I'm like, ah, I'm like, how do they hold that thing up? How do they swing but it? It's too. Big. I'm into it for like <laughs> manga and anime because like those kind of inherently break the rules of physics and like you know Goku has normal muscles but he can do anything. But yeah, like this old man and this sword. I'm with you that I did yeah, love well, him well, pulling out of a tiny book. I like. I the, did, and, yeah. and actually, I was going to say, and in this I cover, I was like, oh no, he's got a giant sword that wouldn't possibly work. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's not that giant. When in the comic book, you see, oh, it's actually. I mean, it's a big sword, but it's not ridiculously big. So I'm like, okay, I, I can accept this. It looks like a size down sword from God Country. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I liked it. You know, I, there were things was a, on storytelling perspective, a little bit of some like logical leaps that if you want to be a cynic, uh, you could point out like uh, that girl just kind of gives him a watch at some point, and you're like, have you met this guy? Why'd you do? I mean, I get why you did it because your dad, you stole it from your dad, but like. And then they have a reason to link up later on, but it seemed a little like, do you, I was confused, but like, do you know each other or not? Why are, why is there this gesture here? Um, not a deal breaker at all, yeah. but the we'll art was really, really great. We'll find out. They have a, some kind of connection. I and hope his so. watch feels like it's got something to do with things too. For sure. Especially cause he gets, he gets taken over by the magpie. So then I'm curious, Roman, what is your score for this? Uh, oh, sorry. Buckshot go. Oh my God. Um, Shit, what are we talking about? What aren't we talking about? Uh, yeah, Perry, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White special, which I thought was going to be all new material, and it's not. But I actually didn't mind that because, like, the first couple of stories I read, I was like, oh, I remember this story. I have this comic from my childhood, and I'm a sucker for old hard-boiled newspaper reporters and, and their sil- silly Silver Age stuff. Um, though the hip story with him and Wildcat wasn't Silver Age, and that was pretty good. Um Maestro number four by Peter David, World War M. This is just a fun Marvel book. I mean, it's old Namor, old Hulk. Uh, Hulk gets his his Namor's wife and child killed. So Namor gets Giganto, the giant walking ape or whale from Fantastic Four, attacks them with that. And it's just big, huge. The abomination gets eaten by the whale, but then <laughs> like punches his way out. It's just big, stupid fun. Um, World's Finest, another great issue of that by Mark Wade. World's Finest number four uh, with Green Lantern. 
cool stuff happens. It, that's a blast. It's what I think it's one of DC's best books. Uh, what else did I read? Batman the Night. Are we talking about that one? Can't remember. Yeah. Oh, we are. Never mind. Uh, but we're the Eye of Odin, number one. New fantasy comic, heavy fantasy, heavy Norse mythology. It was all right. It was all right, he says. Um, Roman, yeah, the Perry White one. I only read the first two stories, and it's because I wasn't sure if the second story was a reprint or new material, and it was a reprint. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I don't mind a Perry White like best of, but I think you should portray it that way. And I think this was like, yeah, it pretty... was. It was portrayed as like a, a whole new issue by matt fraction and, and, what's and i his name? <laughs> don't think that the first like five page story that they wrote it was fine but it was just like man perry white's a good guy and it was just it didn't do anything it wasn't like super funny it wasn't interesting it was just like here's five pages of perry white being a human being so if you didn't know who he is here he is oh, <laughs> i like that and i like the first reprint the amazing exploits of perry white um from an issue in the 70s see i didn't read I did that, that. One- that was fun, but part of it for me is nostalgia because I it was probably the first Perry White story I ever read. Yeah. And it was fun because these reprints, it's fun looking at because that story I just mentioned has a flashback to when Perry started working at the paper as a newsboy, like in the 1930s. But then the very next story has a, you know, Perry when he was started working for the newspaper in the uh, in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> they, they should have spaced those out more. <laughs> uh, so what were your scores on those books? Oh. Um, I got to remember what I said. Uh, Perry White was, I gave that an eight. World's Finest. Let me see if I find that one. Oh, I gave that an eight also. Nice. Maestro, I gave, oh, wow, I gave that an eight. I didn't yeah. read all of the eights. What did I give? The I Ocho Buckshot. Yeah, I didn't write it down. I'll give Eye of Odin a 7.5. Okay. Not quite an Ocho. Not quite. It's pretty good, though. And then what do you give the Lonesome Hunters? Oh, uh, 8.5. Hey, yo. Ayojo. That's exactly what I give the Lonesome Hunters to. And I've got a gripe with the cover. It just doesn't stick in my head. It didn't make me want to read it. Didn't stick with me. I think the next cover looks super exciting. Um, But this one, I don't know. I don't know how to fix that for Tyler Crook, specifically for me. But it looks uh, better when you look at it as a wrap. It's a wrap cover. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Oh, so it is. Yeah, still don't. Still doesn't quite grab me. And I don't know. I don't know. I, Would have been a nine with a better cover for yeah. me. Ooh. Yeah, I agree, Django. I I almost skipped. I almost didn't pick this up. It might be all the, the cover brown. was the cover wasn't interesting. You know, it just reminded me of generic D and D comic yeah. book. Yeah, here's an old man who's got a big sword. Yeah, I hear. Dark Horse said, "Get the guy that uses the brown pencil when he colors everything." I'm gonna go eight on my score for it. Um, you know, I think writing maybe seven, seven point five, but the art is really pretty nice. It, it's just interesting how much a, a book that I love looking at can boost a score. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how do you guys feel about fucking this place a second time? Ew. Oh, I feel sorry. good about it. Yeah, you would, you fucking creep. One of your weird seventies a- parties. Yeah, is this another one of those uh parties? Yeah. Yeah, I'm this is Kyle's- chicken pox from you. Yeah, I've been trying to give you chicken pox for a long time, but you seem to be kid. immune. Yeah, me too. Jango, do you ever get pox? No. Oh, everyone. Hey, listeners of the podcast, if you get chicken pox, you know your guy. Jango needs Get the fuck him. away from me. I don't need them <laughs> shingles. Yeah, have a shingle or two. It's fuck this place. Infertile. Number two. Um, This is the next issue of Kyle Starks's kind of love letter to 80s horror film. He's been, you know, he's done the kind of love letter to 80s action stuff and 80s hobo journeys. Um, (laughs) No, I don't know if that's a thing. But uh, this is, yeah, I'm I'm curious. Django, I really like the way Kyle Starks 
uses dialogue to give you an idea of who the characters are. Like, I, I mm-hmm. think he's pretty good at it. I don't think he wastes a lot of time with exposition, but I think you do get a strong idea of these characters' identities just through how they talk within two issues. I think it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this? I like quite a bit. I, I think he's a top-tier creator. I think he sets a mood really well. Um, he's able to do conflict between people who like each other in a way that doesn't feel like they're mad at each other, but they're just not agreeing with each other. Um, and when it gets gross, it gets real nice and gross. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's I think he's one of the best cartoonists out there right now. And he didn't do the art in this one, but I do think he like writes really, really well. Yeah. And I can't imagine that he didn't have some amount of yeah, input yeah. on the way that the the art works, like the 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 dude getting eviscerated in the end. Yeah, that's great the artist itself now that i'm actually skipping skipping through it and looking at it um kind of reminds me of wes craig from deadly class uh in some pages and yeah uh i i really like wes craig i really like the colors in the psychic scene i'm a sucker for like a monochromatic color palette and the flashback scene like where which was just really interesting storytelling we learn a little bit about this bad guy uh and he's going by a certain name and then kind of out of nowhere we get a single page well page and a half flashback of him having killed a guy with the name that they're calling out and you can ascertain that he has uh assumed that person's identity and is a bad bad boy i could tell you why i thought he drew this it's because the bad boy there looks just like fuck tarkington with a couple yeah. extra scars he's so good with names yeah this guy writes <laughs> makes up good names he does a like a single page um written and drawn story in the back of the book right before the like right after the letters page and before the preview for clementine but it's pretty funny yeah uh, he wrote and drew a thing Rowan, what, what's what's your thoughts on this book i think we talked about the first issue but uh we're, now we're two I- issues in what do you think oh roman you're muted but i love you i'm muted um i haven't read any issues of this series you didn't read this Mm-mm. oh interesting <laughs> Have you liked Kyle Stark's stuff in the past? Yeah, I have. And I remember I picked up the first issue and I don't know. I read like, I didn't get really give it much of a chance. I think I read the first four pages. I was like, meh. Interesting. I think you read the first issue. The character was the gun nut, remember? And we talked about the cables on the arms and you were like, oh yeah, I don't care about the gun nut at all. Like you. Oh, oh, you're right. You, you did get me to actually read the rest of the issue. And I, yeah. Yeah, okay, I do remember saying that now. And then I forgot about it after I read it. <laughs> I like the horror kind of mystery of this i like that they it's a little comical it's very character based like we spend a lot of time with these characters and learn a lot about them and have kind of a like a not generic but a sort of like uh you don't need to focus too much on the intricacy of the plot of this one you can actually focus more on the characters because mm-hmm. like you know haunted house type thing um but yeah Django, there's some great scenes like when they go to the you know fortune teller the, the monochromatic nature of that and kind of what they do is a great balance of like being kind of spooky even though it's in this like kind of comical story yeah and that like the you you could tell what was going on with her hands in that scene and that was yeah just nice and visceral yeah yep for sure i i, I really i agree with Django. he's a top tier cartoonist right now and i think he's got one of the more unique voices as a writer Mm-hmm. coming out with comics right now and i think it's really nice to have unique voices as writers um you know in this modern day and I, yeah there's some nice gory stuff in this and they do a good job making me excited for the next issue and there's a really good write-up at the end and, and then the, so i was the, going to mention that there's a then a long list of recommended ha- haunted house films yeah and all the years of them i just really like that roman i think you would dig that and oh, the yeah, artist have to read this the artist is Artyom top art art Toplin, and i'd read more that they do 
yeah, I don't know that name outside of this book and I really like it. Like Wes Craig's yeah. a really unique looking artist. This is a really uh, unique looking art and I like it a lot. Great expressions and great body language. Yeah. So then what would you give this thing, Jengi? <sighs> I'd give this an eight and a half. I'm going to go eight and a half also. That sounds yeah. right to me. Yeah. This is a good, good book. Read it. Dang good book. Um, I have a question. What's that? Can you talk to me about Black Andre? About what? Black, Black, Black Adam. Oh, Black Adam. Black Andrew. Andre. Yeah, Black or Andrew. Andrew. Black birth, the Black Birthday Andrews. So this is the first issue from uh, DC's kind of rebooted idea for Black Adam, um, where we see Black Adam have have uh, like like he, he catches some sort of disease that's going to kill him, and he passes the torch on to another person. Um, I thought the art in this was pretty good, but I'm realizing more and more Roman that I don't love Christopher Priest's style of storytelling. And I don't know that that means he's a bad writer, but I have a really hard time following and enjoying it. And I was wondering what you think. Yeah, I think I think I agree. Um, and now I can't remember what I thought of his his previous work because he's been around at DC forever. Yeah, and I um, used to I used to like some of his stuff. Like he did that good run on um, Black Panther. And I think he used to do yeah. like some Justice League books, but just like his his style of putting like title cards in the middle of pages and characters not using the first couple of words in a sentence that they're saying. Yeah. That he, bugs he, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, like this issue, I liked all the stuff like the black Adam action, like him farting, farting, geez, him fighting dark side. That was great. <laughs> um, but then when he was in his mortal identity, which I didn't know he ever actually did that anymore. Um, I didn't really care about any of that. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's a political thing and all that. And I was like, really? I, I don't care about Black Adam's, like, not Black Adam life. <laughs> yeah. And and all I could think was, like, how come, A, how come Black Adam's hair changes so much when he becomes Black Adam? Because the rest <laughs> yeah. of him doesn't seem to change all that much. Um, and why did he turn his Shazamness off in the middle of fighting Darkseid? Like, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I, hello? I might just be dumb. Oh, no, sorry. You, you both froze there for a second. Maybe it's my oh, computer. I think I think that was your computer. Oh, I've got the unstable connection warning. Oh, he did Jeff, just get unstable again. Yeah. Christopher Priest, thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thumbs down. I think that historically he's an important creator who did runs in the past that were important, but I've never read anything by them that I liked. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of kind of where I landed. Chucky D. Uh, Chucky CD. D. Chuck Dixon, Christopher Priest. Uh-huh. You know, that, that crew. Yeah. Uh, Roman. Yes. Now that you're back. Yeah. And looking what did, good. What did you say about why did he turn off his... Oh, like he, he punches right down? as he punches Darkseid, he says Shazam, which would turn his powers off. Ah, damn it. And I just don't quite get it. And I don't think Roman's going to ever hear that. Uh, no, I, I heard him say, damn, it was a cute. Six and a half. We'll have Roman come back when he gets his connection reset or his computer reset. I, I had to pee. Uh, does Black Adam look like The Rock? Not nearly enough. And it's going to be weird when they make Black Adam in the comics bald like The Rock. Would it? Yeah, you're right. It would be even weirder if they made The Rock wear a wig. Yeah. Well, that's what that's why they introduced this new character at the end. So they can end up with a Black Adam that looks like The Rock. Mm, oh. That makes sense. Hi, okay. Grok. Um, Roman, did you have a score for it? Grok. Uh, I did. Um, I can't decide between a 7.5 and an 8 because of the because of the way Priest writes. <laughs> You, you like it a lot more than me, which is awesome. Um, Roxham. 
I'll go with the 7.5. Okay. Okay, then before we talk about milestones in history, Batman the Night, Chip Zdarsky, Carmen DG, and Domenico. We haven't talked about every issue of this series, but I do think it's very, very good. Yeah. There wasn't a, and this is kind of interesting week of comics, there wasn't a tremendous amount of overlap between our reading stacks so far. We still have some books to get through personally. Kind of wild. So we're doing this one because we don't talk about every issue, but it's nice that we did all read this one. Chip Zdarsky, he's going to be taking over the main Batman run here very shortly. And I think we've mentioned it when we have talked about this book, but his good buddy that he's been traveling with basically this whole series, I think is an opportunity for them to be introducing a villain that will have some more high stakes than just, you know, blah, blah things. So I'm hoping that his buddy becomes a bad guy. Django, what is your thought? I know that we've talked a little bit about that. His buddy feels like he's... I mean, after this issue, he's definitely on Bruce's hit list. Yeah. Um, well, Bruce's punch list anyway. Yeah. I don't think Bruce does hits. Um, I really like the way this this series is coming together. I think the art is spectacular. Um, it's interesting how many creators right now are writing out of continuity stories and introducing exciting new characters that feel like they should be in the canon and i think this anton character is one of them like i hope that he becomes a a long-term villain for bruce but in order to do that they have to either admit that this was in canon all along or just kind of hand wave it which you know both are fine but i personally strange place that the industry's in yeah i think that that is interesting i think personally this is in canon in my mind because it doesn't say black label on it and i feel like that's their way of distinguishing out of continuity Maybe, but, but I think that there was some stuff early on that contradicts the, the canon. Yeah, there was like Dr. S- Hugo Strange was just a good like a guy. Young... and No, he was a bad guy, but uh, it would have meant that Bruce was started to go see him when he was much younger than I think we've been told. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could be totally wrong. It, it feels out of continuity to me, though. I could I could I could see that for sure. I guess with continuity for me, I just choose to accept what I accept. And it feels like it feels like this is coming out almost in preparation for Zadarsky's run. So I hope it had like mm-hmm. ramifications of this are in that and it'll sort of end up feeling kind of like a part of that run as a whole. Roman, what do you think about the art? I like it. I really, I really like the, the flow of action, how that's portrayed. Um, there was a couple times um, I do wish Anton and Bruce, their faces were a little more. T- I mean, I guess they're different in that um, Anton is older. He has gray at the temples and a mustache and Bruce does not So that's the main those are the ways you can tell them apart because early on in the issue, I, I was, I got confused over which one was, which. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a moment as my... well, like when he was shooting the arrows and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That same moment. But yeah, that was my only complaint about the art. Although I, I love it. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause it's, it's, it is unique. It's, I think it's pretty unique, but it also, I could feel like maybe has almost like an anime vibe, even though I don't think that's the right way to describe it, but there's like a, I don't know. I could see a, a quality to it that people might not like, but I haven't heard anything negative it, about it. So, yeah, it kind of, even though it doesn't actually look like Lee Weeks at all, there's something about it. Maybe it's, I don't know, his his actual um, design within the panels, but something about it kind of makes me think of Lee Weeks. Yeah, the animation side is, I think, all in the colors for me. Colors are doing a lot of heavy lifting on those backgrounds. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I think it's a good book and I think it's shining a light onto a, a very unique time in Bruce's life that we don't have super definitive storytelling for. And I just kind of taken it for its word. It was nice to see the way that Chip wrote Batman getting good with guns while not wanting to use guns. But it all seemed like <laughs> totally believable. I like the way that Anton is, you know, like anti Bruce's morals or I guess like rules that he sets. 
I don't think it's the best issue of the series, but I'm going to give it uh, an eight. Eight, eight from me too. Nice, Rome Doggio. I bet we're frozen because he's staring Rome at us like those dead eyes. Oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah, just yeah, sing Snoop yeah. Dogg when Roman's frozen. That's what we've done for years at this point. Yeah, go back and listen. Prove us wrong. Prove us, dog. This seems like a good opportunity for Django's buckshot. Go. Oh, for crying out loud. Uh, Beware the Eye of Odin. I think I liked it more than Roman, although I don't know that my score would reflect that. I don't usually go for kind of fantasy stories, um, but I thought that the characters in this were really good, and the the art had a good mix of close-up and faraway drawings, which you don't always get in something. Roman's Um, back for your buckshot. I like it. And the the line weights are are nice. I also read Red Room number four, best issue of the series so far. Super gross. Don't read on a full stomach. Silver Coin number eleven, same thing. Super gross. Don't read on a full stomach. Uh, Shaolin Cowboy, cruel to be kin number two. Um, light on story, heavy on amazing art. This is worth the price of entrance just for the six pages of him sword fighting a flock of birds. Um, Holy shit, that was good. And I also read the Clementine trade paperback uh, set in the world of Walking Dead and from uh, Tilly Walden um, and based on the the Telltale Game character. This is just really good, uh, like, youths in the snow fighting zombies and not in a not in a jeff lemire way even though i almost just described a jeff lemire story um i liked it a lot i think that there were some storytelling problems that uh maybe i should slow down reading or maybe maybe some things could be a little clearer Dilly. beware Dilly. the eye of odin i give that a seven red room i give that an I'm going to give this issue a nine, which is weird. I don't think anybody should own this or I don't think anybody should read it, but I think it's one of the most um, technically amazing comics that I've read in a long time. Silver Coin is going to get an eight and a half. Shaolin Cowboy gets a 9.5 for the art, a zero for the story, and that averages out to a 9.5 for the comic. And then Clementine, book one by Tilly Walden, um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I think some people would give it an eight and a half or a nine. I think it's, I think it's better than what I liked. And uh, I think it's really well done. So it's wall done, actually. Wall done. <laughs> oh, cripes. I wish. Tilly Walden is her name. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. You. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. Bango. Jeff's here. Let's start the tango. <laughs> um, Gosh. I, I'm looking forward to hearing about milestones and history from Roman now that his internet's totally locked in and secure and definitely not going to crap out. Yeah, we hope so. The weird thing about all that was my little, uh, you know, the little internet signal with the little waves. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I know. Caught, yeah. Me too. It, it never went down, even though I lost you guys. <laughs> Does not sound like those parties I used to have to go to. <laughs> um, my, my favorite book this week, uh, a solid 10 was milestones in history. Number one, it's an 88 page giant from DC and milestone. Um, and I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for history books. And this is just a bunch of um, POC creators doing small, small stories um, about important uh, black people in history. And it starts off with um, all the way back in prehistory with, I'm trying to find her name, but the, the fossils that, uh, in the English-speaking world, we call Lucy, but they have another name for it in in a more traditional culture. Um, so it starts off with Lucy and the development of a man, because you know we all our common ancestor 
came out of Africa. So it starts off with a story about her, that uh, hominid, and then moves into stories about Hannibal and and up through time to Alexander Dumas and his son um, and to the modern age, which I haven't got to there yet. But it's one of these comics. And I learned, you know, these stories. I love it when I have to go to Wikipedia or somewhere and look up things about character, people, actual historical figures they mentioned. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Cool. I didn't know that. There's an amazing story in here about um, Eugene Bullard, who I'd never heard of, um, who was a veteran of, he survived the Jim Crow South. He was a veteran of world war one. He just did all this amazing stuff. And of course in America in the fifties was an elevator operator at uh, 30 Rockefeller Plaza. So this guy, was hosting David Garraway, who apparently was hosting the Tonight Show, like met him in the elevator, invited him to be on the show because he started hearing his story. And it's an amazing story. And there's things I'd forgotten, like Alexandra, Alexandra Dumas was black. It's just a great history lessons. I mean, if I had a kid, I would, this is a book I'd want to share with them to, as an educational tool. Hmm. I had no idea that it wasn't about milestone characters. I didn't either. I, I, I don't know if did they not promote this very well? Because I assumed from the cover, and it is introduced by um, Icon and Rocket and Static, but they're just kind of introducing the idea of this anthology title. But yeah, uh, I thought it was going to be like them traveling through history or something and more cheesy superhero stuff. And that's not it at all. That's yeah, so I, weird. it's super, yeah. super weird. I just don't have any connection. Like I wasn't reading comics when the milestone stuff was coming out. I don't really know any of those creators. I like static a lot as a character and I want to support it very much. But it's, you know, I, there was like the recent milestone kind of 80 page giant as well. Um, that maybe yeah. it was an intro into something, but yeah, I, so I just assume this was like that, but this, what you've described is much, much more interesting to me than that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I didn't know Hannibal was, was was black and it's just all this great educational details and things about these people's lives i was like wow this is fantastic huh so he said easy 10 Django. yep saw the 10 Django, why did you want to go last on buckshots i wonder well i had a thing but roman was frozen it was we'll we'll get it next time we'll get it next time i know you don't want to try it now but i still want it to happen now uh, it's way too late oh we'll we'll do it next week i'm i'm just i'm running low I feel like we are running low on options for unique ways to do buckshots. And I'm really impressed with Will Elmer this week, sneaking in an email for you. I like that Snaking quite a bit. It. So, uh, you know, next next time I, I got an idea. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we don't listen just because we start something doesn't mean we're beholden to it. All right. Like I'm not like I'm not Caulfield in his magical Holden call violin. Uh, yeah. Like sleep tight. You morons Holden. Right. What? Yeah. I didn't. Oh, get there's that a story idea. about Prince in here. Dang! I haven't read that far yet. <laughs> um, guys, like comics. I think that's all of our what? comics. It was kind of a small week, but what the hell, is- you know, I talk. You know, again, I could just keep talking about uh, small week. This is my page of the books I read. Okay, <laughs> well, well Roman like just week to me showed only seven pages. Sorry, seven titles written on a page. So I could talk about Amazing Spider-Man for a long time. Roman, are you reading it? Can you did, rain on yeah. my parade? No, I. I... I mean, I'm still not a big fan of the art, but I really like this issue number four. Oh. I gave it an 8.5. It was a good twist in there, right? At the end? Yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, Just that like Spider-Man had been tricked into thinking he was in a different building, but the the way that the oh, story right. was told. Yeah, the way Tombstone manipulated him. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of like uh, was one of those, oh shit, now I have to redefine the last 15 pages I read or something. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to reading is Snow Angels Volume 2 from Jeff Lemire and Jock. Oh, uh, I don't know if they were digital first or what, but the they're yeah, the comicsology originals that they're printing. Um, 
and Dark Horse is putting them out. I mean, it's Jeff Lemire and Jock and literally sad kids walking through the snow because the whole earth is covered in snow now. And I really like the first volume that came out mm. only like probably two months ago, maybe. It didn't take long. Um, and this this next one looks interesting to me. Well, I'll tell you about something in terms of looking forward to things. Um, I read Batman Catwoman number 12 that comes out next week. And uh, oh. spoilers, it's good. Oh, did you, I like it. Did either one of you guys read the, I forgot to mention this earlier, the new FF number one? No, all new Peter Fantastic David? Four. Technically, it's not supposed to come out until next week. And we have yeah. like a bunch of other covers oh. for it upstairs, which is one of the reasons we sold out of it. But uh, um, is it good? I mean, everyone that went to our store thought it came out this week. So and I, I did but not read it by sent choice. it to us and told us that it did. Yeah, wow. I could have sworn it was on the new release shelf. <laughs> it was a um, new book. Yeah, it was. Just, yeah. yeah, it was fun. I mean, I I, I gave it an eight here on my list. Um, and Now I can't really remember the story, but I, I had to explain it to Sean because he didn't know that this is the ff replacement team that was what an amateur back in the back in the late 80s right yeah yeah which i think peter david did that one maybe early 90s but yeah but yeah it was it was the gray hulk and peter parker spider-man and uh ghost rider danny catch ghost rider and wolverine yeah and i forget why they get together again but it's set back in that time period oh okay so it takes place back then oh that's interesting yeah because it's gray hulk um oh yeah or well joe fix it so yeah so wasn't substantial but it was fun oh guys what's up Django? i was just trying to rate my red room trigger warnings number four and that comics data is so bad i can't even figure out how many we've sold or how many are in polls like they've beefed that book so hard he's talking exclusively about our like kind of the data of the series codes and systems that goes into a comic shop trying to stock red room lately and yes and it's weird because it is just diamond and it is just Fantagraphics, although Fantagraphics mm-hmm. really only started doing FOCs around the time Red Room number one came out. And and kind of issues also. Like they have done issues, but they don't have a lot of experience with ongoing series, I don't think. Um, but holy cow. I've, I feel like I've fixed it seven times and it's it still keeps getting weird. Joe fixed Anyway, it. that's super boring. Yeah, I don't know. I bet Nathan Butcher would like it if he's still at this point in the podcast. Mm, that's true. I like Nathan Butcher. Um, Well, then on our way out of here, we're going to do one more thank you and belated happy birthday for Andrew Carlson, who on the day this goes up, uh, it will have been one week since his birthday, unless we get it up a little early. But we love you, Andrew. Everyone at the store uh, loves you. And Barbara Gordon does as well. (laughs) I just sneezed. I thought I would make it to the podcast without doing it. I did it. So I failed. You're just giving Andrew something fun to do, which would be enhancing that sneeze. So it sounds even better. Happy birthday, Andrew. Um... You can write us an email like Will did, who's not dead to us. But I think we're doing this podcast exclusively for Will at this point because everyone else is bad. Mm-hmm. Drop that ball, folks. Uh, drop us an email instead of dropping that ball. Yeah, that choke ball. Uh, Jeff at the comicsplace.com is where you can do that. And uh, I'm going on vacation this week, folks. Uh, Sam and I are headed down to Oregon for about five days. So um, don't expect me at the comic shop if that's how you ever see this group of people. <laughs> and um and yeah Django, why don't you send us out drop us an email send us a send us a letter by mail extra points for a podcast that gets sent to us by mail careful will's uh, gonna do that spend a stamp we'll probably lose it in the comic store and it will never ever uh-huh. make it onto the podcast but we would think it was pretty cool yep um rate us on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and uh 
Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for reading comics. I, I wish we had like a real good sign off, Jeff. Yeah. You know, like the, the comic book kayfabe guys say, give them the marching orders, read more comics. Yeah. The dopey guys say, stay strong, dopey nation. And then one of them says toodles. And then the other one says, don't say toodles. Almost every episode. Mike and Tommy snacks say, see you next week. See you next week. Right. Yeah. Aggressively quickly after they say something important. Yeah. Um, yep. You're right. Uh, figure out our sign off or Roman can write it himself. That's good our night. next goal. Good night and good luck. I guess I, to use, the booty. I use and keep watching the stars pretty often. Yeah, I like that one. And mm, that's keep. That's pretty good. As always, we'll see you next week and keep watching. You the know, stars. I was wondering. Oh, I hated that oh, part. That whole era. I just want to watch the stars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Do you think they have diff- different constellations in the Marvel and DC universes or are they the same? Yeah. Like in the Marvel yes. universe, the constellations in the DC universe, if they were cast by the constellations in a different universe, like what would that? Yeah, be? man. Like if you, if you zippered them together, would the sky all be white with stars? Or would it be like-